This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, and it's brought to you by Mendeco. Talk to your Mendeco dealer or visit Mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. And brought to you by the UFA Cooperative, now open in Yorkton and Weyburn. UFA is the exclusive distributor of Diesel X Gold, premium fuel that improves power and saves you money. Today, an environmental group dedicated to water sustainability is calling on the provincial government to improve a policy on water stewardship. We'll hear from Dr. Greg Penner from the University of Saskatchewan, who spoke at the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association's AGM and Convention. And APAS is accepting applications for its Young Leaders Program, or talk about the next generation of farm leaders. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Municipal Hail Insurance, farmers insuring farmers. See municipalhail.ca. Protecting wetlands in Saskatchewan and improving enforcement of illegal drainage is top of mind for an environmental group. On World Environment Day yesterday, the Saskatchewan Alliance for Water Sustainability raised concerns about the Water Security Agency's new agricultural water stewardship policy. The group says the policy lacks, among other things, requirements to restore drained wetlands and a plan to improve water quality already damaged by wetland drainage and other inappropriate land uses. The chair of SAWS, Ora Lee, says there needs to be a wetland policy in place. Otherwise, there is a negative trickle-down effect. Every year we've seen more and more wetlands to being destroyed without regulation, which means it's illegal drainage. Through rigorous Saskatchewan research, we have learned that wetland destruction causes downstream flooding, infrastructure damage and degrades water quality increasing toxic blooms which we are seeing. This lack of regulation causes loss of income, loss of infrastructure and changing how the hydrology of water works on our land. But even more it is affecting our mental health. It causes those people downstream to lose, they have sleepless nights, they have fear and they have anxiety. And we are a province that prides ourselves on neighbourliness. So when we don't have regulation, the neighbourliness is gone. Lee says a wetland policy, in her opinion, needs to take into consideration multiple factors. It would, it would look at water quality. It would be measuring, making sure that what's coming downstream is good water quality for everybody, and quantity, making sure that businesses are not being impacted, people are not having their insurance rates go through the roof. Um, it, it would be creating neighbourliness, and it would need regulation. It absolutely has to have regulation. Clint Blythe is a retired professional geologist and a rancher from the Pipestone Creek Valley southeast of Mooseman. He says some watersheds in the province rely on wetlands. That's what supplies the base flow for those streams. So there's water in those streams in the summertime. And if you drain the majority of the land and it all runs off in 10 days in the spring, or if you get a big rainfall event, it's gone in 10 days. That water in this glacial till type soil it doesn't have time to soak in enough to recharge 
the aquifers that provide the base flow for our rivers and lakes and streams in Saskatchewan. All you're gonna get is the quick surface runoff. And if you happen to live where there's a lake with a dam on it, yeah, you're gonna get some of that. But you know, these people realize what's happening to that water quality. But for me, all I'm seeing is my land is, is flowing to Manitoba because of that. And the wetlands in Saskatchewan, especially in the parkland in the Southeast, that's our glaciers. That's our snowpack equivalent to what's feeding the Saskatchewan River. We're, we're relying on, on glacial melt and snowpack to provide irrigation water for Diefenbaker and power generation, that kind of thing. The rest of Saskatchewan in the south, we don't have that. So every one of those wetlands out there, that's, where our, that's our source of storage for water that will help us when there's drought. The NDP critic for the Water Security Agency, Erica Ritchie, says Saskatchewan is the only province without a wetland conservation policy. We're not asking the government for a lot here, just to develop a wetlands policy similar to those already in place in the neighbouring jurisdictions of Manitoba and Alberta. We're not alone in these calls. Saskatchewan municipalities have been forced to create their own policies and have been calling for a province-wide strategy for several years. Our provincial auditor has flagged the need to develop policies around wetland retention and water quality. The provincial auditor's 2021 report says the Water Security Agency needs to improve enforcement of unapproved drainage projects, and Richie agrees. There are policies in place right now that are not being put into effect. It's complaint-based. It's a system that is basically effectively results in no action on the part of this government to put a stop to that drainage. And farmers and other corporate entities know that. They know that they can continue to ignore it because there is no enforcement. And, and that you need to send a strong, clear signal that the policies that currently are in place need to be followed. The Saskatchewan Alliance for Water Sustainability is undertaking a letter-writing campaign to urge Premier Scott Moe to develop a wetland policy similar to Alberta and Manitoba. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch. For Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, size matters. See Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist, prairieeavestrough.ca. Identifying forage-efficient cattle was the focus of a study conducted by Dr. Greg Penner at the University of Saskatchewan. The study focused its work on individual operations to compare cattle within a herd. It allows individual producers to compare cattle within their own herd rather than comparing across herds. And as soon as you get into cross-herd comparisons, that's when the breed characteristics would influence what those benchmark numbers would be. And so this is a way that we could identify cows that are adapted to the system that individual producers are utilizing and create a metric where producers can use data that many are already recording, but use it in a way that allows them to select animals that are more efficient. Dr. Penner talks about the selected criteria. We characterize these cows based on their ability to maintain body condition or back fat during the winter grazing period while they're out on kind of extensive grazing systems. 
their ability to calve early in the calving season and their ability to wean a heavy calf relative to the weight of the cow. Dr. Penner says cow-calf producers can do the comparison in their own owned herds by weighing the cattle, assessing the body condition, and recording the day of calving. We have created an initial Excel macro that allows them to enter that data and calculate their feed efficiency, and we're exploring options to make that macro a little more user-friendly and allow for broader application. Dr. Penner spoke about the study during a presentation yesterday at the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Annual Convention in Moose Jaw. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. When a Winkler, Manitoba area farmer started to plant his 600 plus acres of soybeans this year, the soil had pretty decent moisture content. But following the combination of hot temperatures and strong winds with little rainfall in May, precipitation is now much needed. Tobin Dick notes the pace of spring planting in Manitoba's Red River Valley region had noticeably picked up after a later than usual start. From what he has surmised, the amount of acres seeded with soybeans as well as pulses has increased this year, at least in the valley region. Another issue Dick pointed out that posed a challenge this spring was fertilizer. Not so much its overall supply, but rather getting it to the fields, as suppliers seemed to be short on trucks to move product to where farmers needed it. That may have led to farmers switching from other crops to soybeans. The National Farm Animal Care Council has ended its work to develop an updated National Code of Practice for Livestock Transport for Canada after over four years of work. The Council, a division of Animal Health Canada, in December of 2018 had started work to update the Transport Code, which meant setting up a new multi-species code covering animals from 14 of its separate national on-farm codes of practice. Since then, however, the Lacombe, Alberta-based organization said it has had to take into consideration the February 2019 update to federal regulations governing transportation of animals in Canada. The federal regulations have been materially and significantly amended, and Evergreen Interpretive Guidance added, which made it difficult to envision the role and purpose of an updated code. Those in favor of creating a federal right to repair law say the government should avoid shaping such legislation according to the wishes of special interest lobbyists as Ottawa gets set to launch consultations on the issue. Ottawa signaled in its March budget that it would study the need for legislation to ban the sale of products that aren't intended to last and reinforce consumers' ability to repair the home appliances and electronics they buy. Alyssa Centivani, an assistant professor at Western University, says national right-to-repair rules would be critical in the agriculture, healthcare, and consumer goods sectors, which often face restrictions on third-party repair technicians. Natasha Tusakov, an associate professor at York University, says the lack of such protections in Canada places the country behind its counterparts, such as the United States and Australia. 
RCMP say an appeal for information has produced considerable information about the deaths of 17 Skeechsin traditional horses west of Kamloops, B.C. The remains of the wild horses were found in early March near Walhatchen, and police said at the time that the herd had been shot. Corporal James Grady says the RCMP's livestock section continues to investigate, and despite the many tips, it still hopes someone has information that could crack the case. Grady says the Skeechston Band has been a vital partner in efforts to determine what happened, but despair continues to resonate through the community as they seek answers and closure. Cannabis retailer Fire and Flower Holdings Corporation says it has received a court order for creditor protection under the company's Creditors Arrangement Act. The company had been pursuing additional financing to raise capital to fund its operations. It says the board determined that it was in the best interests of the company to file an application for creditor protection following a review of its strategic options and a consideration of all of its available alternatives. Fire and Flower operates under several banners, including the Fire and Flower, Friendly Stranger, and Firebird Delivery brands. The company says its board will remain in place, and management will remain responsible for the day-to-day operations under the oversight of a court-appointed monitor, while it works to streamline operations and conduct a sales process for the business. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, the heat warning remains in effect. Partly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers or thunderstorms, high of 32 degrees with a humidex 34. Tonight, partly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers or thunderstorms this evening, then clearing overnight and a low of 18. Tomorrow, sunny in the morning, then partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon. Also, a risk of a thunderstorm in the afternoon. High of 30 degrees with the humidex 33. Tomorrow's low is 17. Thursday, sunshine, high of 30, low 13. Friday, sunny, high of 26, the low 11. Saturday, sunny, high of 24, the low 13. Sunday, sunshine, high of 31 degrees, the low 16. And Monday, sunny, high of 31. Normal highs for this period are 22, and the normal low is 8 degrees. Sun rose at 449, and the sun will set at 9.06 p.m. tonight. Taking a look around the province, in Esteban and Weyburn, 31, Saskatoon, 24, Swift Current, 19, and Yorkton, 30 degrees. The hot spot in Saskatchewan is in Indian Head at 32. Cold spot is Cypress Hills at 12. In Regina, mainly sunny. South-southeast wind at 19 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 38%. Temperature is at 31 degrees. That's 89 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure is at 101.9 and falling. In Moose Jaw sunshine, a west-southwest wind at 15 kilometers an hour. Temperature 30 degrees. Again in Regina, mainly sunny. South-southeast wind at 19. Temperature 31 degrees. 
back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience, mcdougallauction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Commons Ag Committee is going to formulate a draft letter this week on the issue of the Olymill Mill plant closure in Quebec. The huge pork processing company announced earlier this spring, shutting down one of four processing plants in Quebec before the end of the year, putting close to 1,000 people out of work. The committee heard from a number of speakers at a recent meeting, all talking about the impact the closure will have, including the head of the Canadian Pork Council, René Waugh. The pork industry in Canada is respons- responsible for almost 1% of our total exports, or almost $5 billion every year. If there is no reversal, the closure of this plant could reduce our pork production in Canada by 12%, and the impact will be outsized in eastern Canada. Why this is a national concern? Our producers are directly impacted by the closure, and if nothing else is done, the excess supply of animal can have long-term impact on our industry. We need to accept a fundamental truth. Agriculture is an industry of critical strategic importance for Canada. Pork produce in Canada is produced with one of the lightest environmental footprint in the world. We have the opportunity and the responsibility to feed the world with our products. Now, since that announcement, Olimel also announced it will shutter a number of sow operations in Alberta and Saskatchewan until further notice. That will put about 80 people out of work and will mean a drastic cut to the number of market-ready hogs arriving at the Olimel plant in Red Deer. Darcy Fitzgerald, the executive director of Alberta Pork, was asked if this means consumers will begin to see a shortage of pork on store shelves. I, I don't think in the in the short term, but it could potentially in the long term. But, you know, Olimel is just one one player in, in the whole big system. Um, you know, you've got a lot of independent producers um, as well that, that are probably having the same conversation right now, um, you know, to them, with themselves and their families saying, and, and we know of some that have already stopped breeding and they're, they're exiting the, the, the hog industry. Um, and they're just looking at saying the return for what all the work and the costs, it's just not, it's just not uh, feasible anymore. And somehow we need to correct that, um, you know. But I, but I think in the short term, we were not really going to notice it that much. I think Olimel has a plan, you know, how they're going to move pigs around and do things differently. Uh, hopefully that doesn't affect, and I, and I don't think it will. Um, I'm hoping not, anyhow, that it'll affect any independent producers that, that contract finish for them. I think they'll look at their whole big system and how they, they do things most efficiently. And I, and I think by using the contract finishers and, and getting pigs from independent producers is, is their best way of doing things. Um, you know, I, I think an independent producer over, overall, if you, if you really look at the cost of production and what it takes, uh, can definitely finish a pig uh, a lot cheaper than, than a big integrated system. And, and that's just because, you know, the attention and care and, and uh, diligence they put into it. And it's their business, so you know it's their, you know they're they're putting their heart and soul into it. Darcy says many in the industry are still waiting for the final passage of Bill C two thirty four. 
He says exempting propane and natural gas from the federal carbon tax could be the deciding factor for many hog producers as to whether they stay in the business or leave for good. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Applications are being accepted for the APAS Young Leaders Program. President of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Ian Boxall, says the program is for people between the ages of 18 and 40 who are interested to learn about farm policy. We take them and we show them the development of ag policy right from the grassroots level at, at the districts within the province to our AGM in early December. And then the resolutions from there we take to the CFA, which is the Canadian Federation of Agriculture's AGM in Ottawa and show them just the development of ag policy right from the grassroots to the federal level. How important is this program? It's very important both for APAS to make sure that we have young people involved so that the work that we do continues on. And it's also, I think, it's important to show the young people that, you know, your voice is heard and that if you develop good, productive, constructive, implementable ag policy, that, the you know, the policymakers will listen and that we do have an influence into, you know, into ag policy that affects our farms every day. In terms of participation, has the program been generally good? Yeah, it has. I think we're at 40-some people have gone through it, myself included. I went through it in the first year that it was available, and it's great. Both, you know, we get an opportunity to show young people, you know, how to develop ag policy, but but also APAS gets a lot of valuable information from having those young people in the room, issues that they face that maybe, you know, seasoned producers don't face every day. So it, it's a sharing of information for both of us, and, and it's, it's worked really well for the organization. I think we have four or five of our board members that, you know, have went through the program and are now are involved with the organization. So it's, it's been a great program. And what's the feedback been like in terms of uh, the people who do apply? What have they say about the program and going through that whole experience? Mostly it's been positive, right? It's, it's not only do they get to see how policies developed, I think there's also a networking you know, element here where they get to, you know, they get to meet some people from, from different sectors from across the country and, and build that network. And if you ever face something, you have a phone number to call and talk to those people. So the feedback we have gotten over the last number of years has been very positive with this program. And lastly, how can people who are interested in applying apply? Uh, go on to the APAS website. There will be a sheet there for an application. Um, it's a written application. We do put some emphasis on on the written application, like so don't just give us one-word answers. We do want to ensure that we get the right people in the room and, and all of that. But, yeah, go on to the APAS website, and uh, there will be a spot there to show where applications are open, and the program will start here in late July, you know, early fall. The application deadline is August 31st. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. The market updates are brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a matcher that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. 
Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today, and canola and number one red spring wheat are the usual suspects in those changes. Canola is up $11.10 at $6.59.62 a metric ton, and number one red spring wheat is down $5.96 to $3.62.72. And the rest were unchanged. Durham at $3.96.61, feed barley $3.30.61, Chickpeas 1036.17, flax 541.98, lentils 743.48, oats 220.32, yellow peas 373.66, and feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for July is down eight cents to eight dollars and eleven and a half cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of June 6th. Our last regular sale was on May 24th. The market on cows and bulls have been selling at record highs all spring. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.35 to $1.64. D3 cows sold from $1.10 to $1.35. Counter cows sold from $0.90 cents to $1. Hefferettes sold from $2 to $2.17. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.45 to $1.65. There weren't enough steers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation, but we did have a few heifers. 650 to 700 pound heifers averaged $2.64 and sold up to $2.92. And 800, 700 to 800 pound heifers averaged $2.52 and sold up to $2.70. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest pork prices for the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. They're both at $198.50 per CKG, a slight increase from yesterday's price. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The Saskatchewan Trade and Export Partnership and the Saskatchewan government say exports to the world reached an all-time high. Exports were $52.6 billion in 2022, a 42% increase from 2021, according to the State of Trade report for Saskatchewan. STEP and the province note export growth was driven by potash sales and oil exports grew by over 50%. Non-agriculture manufacturing and processing export growth was led by increases in semi-chemical wood pulp and no-till direct cedars. Tech Resources says it has received a number of indications of interest for its steelmaking coal business. The Vancouver-based company says its board and independent special committee will consider and evaluate the proposals received to determine whether they are in the best interests of shareholders and stakeholders. Tech called off a shareholder vote in April on a plan to split the company into Tech Metals and a new company to be named Elk Valley Resources that would own the coal business. The company did so after it became apparent 
did not have the required support for the proposal. On the markets, the TSX is up 43 points at 19,974. The Dow is down 60 points to 33,502. Oil is down 26 cents at $71.89 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74.60 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.